It's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. We're back. We're in Australia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Trevor Long with you from eftm.com.au and each and every week joined by Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to see you. We're back on home soil again. It's lovely to be here in the Tech Guide um, home garage. Um, <laughs> your conversion happening with that? No. Um, you've had an extended trip in LA, but we're both back on deck and there is always tech news to talk about. So we're going to do that now. All thanks to the good people at Netgear. Now, we've decided to group the first bunch of conversations around the topic of drones because there is a bit going on. Now, I'll start with the silly thing that I found this week. I don't know if you remember, but back in October, there was a shark attack in Ballina. Um, young bloke was attacked, wasn't killed. Um, and then they, they sent drones. They were talking about shark nets, all that kind of stuff. And I got a story that this Little Ripper, now the Little Ripper drones are the, the ones that look like helicopters. They're enormous things. They're like a 1.5 metre blade on the top and they're operated under the Westpac Rescue mm-hmm. Helicopter Banner. Um, now I, I heard a story that one of them went missing. And that's a bit of a worry for any drone, right? Especially, they're, they're not cheap either, are they? Those no, work. especially a $250,000 one. Jeez. Turns out uh, the, at the time the story was it, it went into bushland and they recovered it. I spoke to the CEO of the Little Dripper Corp, which is absolutely nothing to do with the Westpac Lifesaver yeah. Rescue Helicopter, I should yeah. be clear, and Stephen Lay from the Westpac Lifesaver Rescue Helicopter is, is wanting to make that very clear as well. Mm-hmm. And this bloke called Eddie Bennett, who's the CEO, said it's all, it's all good. It's all good at our end. Oh, no, yeah, anyway, this week... <laughs> All good. Your drone, your drone crashed. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, this week the Australian Transport Safety Bureau, the ATSB, concluded their investigation into the incident, yeah. which goes into great detail and also details the fact that the thing did crash and was never recovered. Stephen, missing. You are you're you're an authorised drone pilot. You will love this story because this is a, these are much more complicated than phantoms and things that we fly, but. Yeah. It requires, the little ripper requires that you sit at a computer terminal and you program the route yep. um, on a Google map. So you say, I want it to go up and down and up and down and up and down the beach. Yep. And here's the home point. Here are the, so here's, the, here's the parameters. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then you upload that to the drone and it flies. Yeah. The, the ATSB report indicates that the drone was switched to manual mode and they flew it a bit for about seven minutes. They just flew it around so manually. Manual mode, line of sight, all that sort of stuff. Yep. yep. Just a, a, an operator with sticks. Yep. Flying the thing, yeah. and then and about I don't know a few minutes later, it went to 130 feet and went in lost contact with the operator. Mm-hmm. And at that point, all good drones, when they lose contact with yeah. the operator, what do they do? They return to the point where they took off from, so the the, the takeoff point. They return to home. Yeah. Now, in the case of this little Ripper $250,000 drone, home is not set automatically when you take off like it is on a Phantom. Home mm. is set by the operator when they program the thing. Mm. Tragically, for the operator of this uh, drone, the coordinates that he set, latitude, longitude for the home point, were in the northern hemisphere. 
<laughs> so off you go. Drone, so this drone goodbye. goes into the air, loses content, and goes and, and safe, safe. Better to be safe than yeah. sorry. I'm going to fly home, and it just goes north. It just flew to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. just flies north, heading towards bloody Japan or somewhere, <laughs> and and would clearly have run out of battery Absolutely, and dropped yeah. into the sea around the Coral Sea. Wow, if isn't it, that unbelievable? Uh, that and for and we're talking two hundred quarter of a million dollar drone. Yeah. That's that's not a that, that's a solid mistake there, solid yeah. error. Now the reason I raise this is because, firstly, it does point out that even though drones are amazing technology, operator error can still play a big part. And and you'd know this operator having been through error. all of the training. Ninety percent of drone crashes are operator error. Yeah, and because they're very smart, but they are still some things required. And you know what? I think even though I think it's a great service they're operating, I think these massive helicopter things are, are a huge safety risk. I mean, these this thing coming down near people. Would yeah. be as bad as a helicopter coming down in terms of uh, physical damage. You, you mentioned it's got a like one and a half meter wingspan, like the, the blade span. Yeah. So that that hitting a house, a car, a person that that could have fatal consequences. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I think I think it's a bit of a worry when uh, an organisation covers up the crash and then there's an ATSB investigation into it. But anyway, whose budget did the two two fifty k come out of then? Well, this is interesting. There's no I couldn't find any link to taxpayer funds in the funding of it, even though Mike Baird, the mm-hmm. former premier, um, has. <laughs> Uh, it was was at the launch of the thing and everything, but it turns out there's a bl- wealthy bloke called Kevin Weldon who uh, um, lost a mate in a shark attack or, or was uh, seriously injured in a shark attack, and he, he funds a lot of this oh, stuff, really and he he kind of bangs on the doors of Westpac and gets them to fund it as well. So bottom line, it's it's a loss, but yeah. you know it's it's not taxpayer money, and I guess that's one good thing. But you know in, in the drone space, um, I think it's a real warning to people that you need to be very cautious around the future yeah. of drones, and we need to we we do need to continue to have conversations about safety and legislation around drones because mm-hmm. the future is not clear and and not one hundred percent yet. Um, well, the thing the thing with drones and and what what's going to help the drone industry grow is the awareness of safety. Safety is paramount. That that was the thing that I picked up in the course that I did was that. You the the learning how to fly aspect was probably one percent. The attention to detail and safety was ninety percent. Mm. That that's critical. And if, if the incidents like this could set the drone industry backwards a yeah. little bit, so this doesn't help the cause when there are other companies with and other other organisations that have uses for drones that want to advance in, in their areas. When things like this are happening, so it's yeah, this this isn't the best news for a drone operator. And and a segue to our next little story, which is related to drones and, and setbacks. I mean, one of my other problems with the drones has been the kind of concept drones out there, and the one that got the most viral attention, I think, in the last three years was the Lily drone. You would have yes. seen this thing on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Great video was produced yeah. where the guy's holding it, he throws it in the air and it just flies and it yeah. follows him. It, it can land in water, it can do swing around you and do all these amazing things, which frankly a lot of drones now do anyway. And they got like, oh, you wrote about it, I wrote about it. It captured everyone's attention. That yeah, that, that video it went viral. Do you, I mean, yeah. I remember that week or two when it first yeah. came out. Everyone saying, have you seen this? Yeah. And people would send it to me as if I hadn't seen it. But, yeah. you know, it was huge. Now, they were taking pre-orders, I think $6.99 for a pre-order or something. It was going to be $12.99. <laughs> Um, even only a month or two ago, they were saying how they were swinging into final production. Well, like a week ago, they announced to an email to all their backers that they, they were folding the company. Don't the company could it. not gain enough capital to move to full manufacturing. They basically couldn't bring the product to market. And good news is they're refunding the money. Yeah. Now that's good, but it does. There was about thirty-four million in in pre-orders. And apparently, they still couldn't. They still couldn't have enough money to, to produce the thing. That's right. So they never went through Kickstarter. They just decided to start it on their own. That's right. With investor capital, 
and still couldn't make it work. Yeah, still couldn't make it fly. So the investor capital was all the pre-orders, kind of like a Kickstarter really, but but they didn't spend that money. They obviously spent the interest because the interest on $34 is not bad either. So a couple of years of interest on $34 million, they've yeah. done okay to keep the company going. But what about this? You know, it's such like you could not have had more hype for a product. Unbelievable. I don't think it's possible. I've, mm. I've never seen a, a product like a drone with that much hype and they yeah. couldn't bring the bloody thing to market. But you'd, you'd think too, like so the company folded, but the all the intellectual property, all the IP mm. – They'd still own, so there's there's possibility that it could be resurrected in the future. Maybe think about what's what's changed in drones in two years. It's a lot, right? Already the Phantoms do the follow me. The Phantoms do the fly around. The Phantoms do the most most of the stuff that the Lily was going to do. It just doesn't do the kind of throw to fly and 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 land in water. Waterproof. Yeah, I'm not even sure those are really big features to be honest. But interesting how it captured the uh, imagination of many and and failed dismally. It's like it's like seeing a really good trailer for a movie and then the movie turns out to be rubbish. And this is the 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 video they created for the product was fantastic, but they couldn't make the product work. Now speaking of movies, and uh, it's very fitting that we should be in the uh, Star Wars theater here. You've come home with a very, very, very sweet product. Well, this is the uh, the Star Wars Battle Drones. Did you see this at the? It's in the South. Oh, Hall. I didn't see it personally, but Doug went and saw it. It was incredible. The 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 now there, there's drones that obviously take photos and, and and do other things, but with these they're called battle drones for a reason because there's no cameras. You fly them around and they basically can play laser tag against one another. So you can if you if you've got a bunch of friends, you've got a, a large enough area, you can have. You can fly against each other and shooting these lasers at each other, and, and you can tell on the on the remote control how many times you get hit. If you get hit three times, your drone lands automatically, so you're out of the game. So it's they're coming to Australia. I I I understand in May, but they are available in the US already. So I, I brought home the there's three versions. There's the Tie Fighter, there's the X Wing, and there's also the Speeder Bike. I brought home the X Wing, the the sorry the Tie Fighter, the Advanced X One. The, the hang on, hang on, hang on. You bought one battle drone? One, yeah. Well, well who are you going to battle with? Well, I'm hoping that uh, I, for a start, I buy more later, but that other people will have them and that, that we uh, we can go into battle. But flying we could have bought two. Own. We could have had a battle here well, now. Well, maybe, but they're, the, the, the drone, well, they're, they're 200 US. I paid 200 US for it. And there was actually, I, re, I do regret that on the day that I saw these was the last day of the show and they had an offer that you say you buy two, get one free. But the shipping to Australia was the same as paying for the third one. <laughs> like it would have been yeah. not cost effective. But um, I, uh, I thought, oh, I brought one home, and, and and they're they're very nimble drones. I, you know, we've both flown Phantoms, yeah. and they're yeah you know, they're re- reasonably easy to fly. These are such nimble little drones. But what like a parrot, about, little little parrot. Well, no, even more nimble than that. They're really. I'll show you after we finish recording. They're they're pretty pretty nimble. But what I like about it is it offers the whole. Star Wars experience, right from the packaging to the controller to the actual drone itself. Like you open the packaging, and the light it all lights up and plays music and and quotes from the movie. Even when you're flying, it gives you the music's playing through the controller. It's got all the realistic sound effects and everything from the movies as well. So like Star Wars fans will they'll cry tears of joy when they hear this thing flying around. It's uh, pretty awesome. Very cool little product. Uh, you can check out that techguide.com.au, but I think still the coolest drone product we've seen in some time was one that I, I, I think we might have talked about it last year at CES, but I avoided going into great detail about it because it just looked like a, a G-up. It looked like a concept that would never come to market. Yeah. Well, the E-Hang 184 was this drone that theoretically you could sit in and fly. Yeah. 
And they had the you know mock-up there last year, but this year they had the mock-up again. They had the, the model, but it has flown. They have done 200 test flights, some of them manned, I think two or three. Um, it, it flies at six. 25, no, 60 miles an hour for 25 minutes so you could get about 30 miles uh, of range. I'm saying in miles because that's what they told yeah, me. It's short to medium um, hops. So you're not going to fly across the country with this thing. No, um, but it's real, man. And I stood there and you look at the blades and I, I you know, you look inside it, it's not very well equipped and stuff, but it's, uh, it, it's a real product. And I was blown away watching the video of this thing in real flight. And they, it's funny watching their video, which you've got on Tech Guide, but they've, they've got this, you know, text that says flown on our private property and then two minutes later they're flying over a city. Yeah, over Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's in China. I don't Photoshop yeah. like that. No, no, yeah. they, they legitimately yeah, right. flew it around China because I don't yeah. think the Chinese government's going like to come. on their website. Right, well, yeah. um, this thing's flown and it's real. And now it's interesting because is it the future of personal transport or is it just the future of transport? Because most likely a drone like this won't be approved for personal transport for some time. Well, it's got to go through safety and all those kind of things. But the, the example they wisely give to, to tug at the heartstrings, I think, is organ donations, organ transport. Yeah, imagine, deliveries and things like that. Yeah. Imagine, the, well, think about the cost of, you know, fly, the time of driving a, a, an organ from Westmead to, I don't know, Wagga or somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, or Bathurst, and then now imagine the, the cost of a helicopter. Uh, now imagine you use an E-Hang 184 mm-hmm. and it's it just flies autonomously. There's no staff costs. Yeah, yeah. Their idea is that they control these things from a central command centre in China, mm-hmm. every single one of them in the air. They know where they are, where they're flying, like a you know NASA Houston-style yeah, setup. Like, a, like the tower <clears> at the end. Um, yeah. it's, it's a phenomenal concept. I'm not 100% when or where it will happen, but it is yeah. an interesting future because this thing's got massive blades on it as well. I don't worry about it flying around, but we'll get yeah. to that another day. But I think the uh, and the, I think the key here is that it's autonomous, mm. so that passenger can just sit inside this thing and it'll take them where they want to go. There's no control, no manual control, because to fly it you need a license, and that'll just make it a helicopter. So having that autonomous flight, I think, is key because. You think about sort of the future of, you know, autonomous driving was a massive theme at the show, autonomous cars. Here is another another area where autonomous flight uh, is also in testing. And I think that with all the attention to autonomous driving, and that's still conservatively at least five years away. Would you agree with that? Autonomous driving? It depends what we mean by that. Here's the challenge, right? What do we mean by autonomous driving? In 2021, there will be... Cars with no drivers driving streets, taking people from A to B. But they will be in specific cities, on specific roads, uh, programmed for specific routes. So Ford, for example, will you know replace their, all their staff shuttle buses mm. with autonomous cars that just continually drive around and pick people up. Mm. Uber will have cars that will be able to drive around some cities on projected routes and in, in, in certain streets mm. driving people around. Will you and I be able to buy a car that's autonomous? Not for 10 or 15 Maybe years. Maybe not. Yeah, but, but like it could be 20 years. The point is, though, with EHANG, <clears throat> that could potentially be in flight, approved, if not at the same time, possibly even before autonomous yeah. cars. And Uber, as you mentioned a moment ago, they, they released a white paper, I think, back in October or September, that, that outlined the ride-sharing industry moving forward. Mm. And one of the things they touched on was a service that they could introduce called Elevate, which is a flying vehicle to pick you up and drop you off wherever you need to go, which is basically what the E-Hang, with the, e- the E-Hang would fit that because 
imagine you, you dial up on you're on your Uber app, and then ten minutes later the the eHang one eight four lands in a car park up the road from where you are. You hop in, and it takes you where you need to go. Mm. Uh, that, that's the future and of Uber. That's what eHang is going to provide. People think, oh, how can we deliver pizzas? How can we have these things happening? But it's not always going to be in your front yard, right? And I think the no. great example, if you use Uber a lot, is it actually often suggests that you move somewhere else for a pickup. Yeah. I remember being in the city of Sydney and calling an Uber, and it's like, actually, if you walk around the corner, it's going to be easier to pick up because yeah. you realise that's just the the flow of the traffic. Yeah. Same thing will apply here, you know. Same thing was at the airport. I, 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 when I arrived at uh, LA airport, there, there's now ride-sharing yeah, pickup, pickup points at the airport. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So that that may well be the future of local yeah. areas. Instead of having taxi ranks, there'll be you know parks don't and councils uh, could make big money yeah. uh, roping off areas for uh, personal transport. Absolutely, pickup. I don't think you'd be picked up in a, a autonomous drone from the airport. It might be a bit of an issue Probably there. Not, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, apart from that though. But no, uh, to, to, not to rule that out though, right? Yeah. Because you think about the way airports are configured, and Las Vegas was interesting to me because we we took a chopper from Las Vegas Airport for, down the strip and. It just it flew directly like parallel to the to the flight path because yeah. the fact is, uh, Boeing, Airbus planes run on a specific flight path, a specific way. But they can't go below five hundred feet. And, as well. and, yeah, and that's so, the point, right? Yeah. So there's actually some very safe airspace even yeah. around airports Absolutely. for the right pilots or operators. So it's yeah. very interesting times. Definitely. Lots of drone news and chat happening uh, here and around the world. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenn. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's a couple of weeks before kids go back to school. Yeah, Queensland goes back next week. Jeez, that's early, early days. But uh, it's also that time of year, and normally you probably see this in the stores. I know you go there a lot. You see the Christmas decorations disappear, and what appears? Back to school. You see all the pads and pens and uh, notebooks, but also... It's also a time of year to think about, well, what does my child need for the upcoming school year? And with with the advances in technology, laptops, tablets, all these devices, it's become quite an expensive proposition for some parents now. They've got to shell out. Like my niece is starting year seven and she's got to go out and buy a laptop. Yeah, I um, we had a Christmas party in our street before Christmas, obviously, and one of the neighbours across the road, you know, they find out what you do and they're like, oh, I knew yeah, about pick, computers. Pick your brain, yeah. And um, happily said, you know, send me the school list. So they they dropped a little letter in the mailbox with the copy of their school list yeah. and said, can you have a look and recommend some computers for me? I was blown away. I mean, it's not easy. Like we, we talk a lot about computers, but it really isn't easy to find the specific computer for your needs. And when you break down, you know, processor, RAM and hard drive and stuff like that, it's not like, A, shopping's easy because the the funny thing that they the companies do is HP have a model called the XY730 and at Harvey Norman, that's what it's called. At another store, it's called the HY XY731. So they, they don't... You can't price match, yeah. you can't compare, <laughs> they, but they're very much the same computer with slightly different specs. But often I find that, like, well, my niece, they ask her to buy a specific brand of laptop, a specific model laptop. Well, the, this school and, and I they mentioned it was a, it was a uh, like my, my daughter's my daughter's school. They all were they were given a MacBook. Mm. My son at his school, my old high school, they were given a Windows laptop. Yeah, 
my niece, they've asked her to get a HP laptop, a certain model, because that's what they can support. Right. It's not BYO, bring whatever you want. This is what you need to so, buy. So that's interesting because you're right. The model used to be, okay, we're going to be a computer school, so here's the computer we're going to give everyone. Yeah. Same with workplaces. It's the same yeah. thing's happening in workplaces. That school you talk about with your niece is not going BYOD, bring your own device. Truly, they're just saying, bring this bring device, this. please, yes. you buy it. Whereas it. school near me, Pennant Hills High, it's like you just got to have these requirements. And it's quite yeah. smart. Basically, it needs a battery that lasts all day because they don't want you bringing a charger. Uh, has to have certain um, you know, uh, requirements. But then they list three examples of those devices, yeah. which is cool and that's fine. Yeah. But when you go to JB's or Officeworks or Harvey's, you find a bunch of things. Now, on, using this school list that I was given, I found um, three computers at around the $800 mark and then the entry-level Mac is 2000 yeah. Um And I said, look, here's three computers at, at around 800 if that's an okay price. Now, my wife said, send me that because I've got other friends that need to know it. Mm. And she said, can you send me some cheaper ones? Because not everyone can afford 800 And I went, bloody oath, good point. And, you know, there's $330 Chromebooks, but, you know, most schools aren't supporting yeah. Chromebook yet. Chromebooks I find uh, my, for primary school students, Chromebooks, but when they hit high school, they want Windows or yeah. Macs. Yeah. Um, and and I did find a couple, like a HP and a Lenovo for about 400 to 500 There are computers around the $500 mark, yeah. but you've got to be honest with yourself, that $500 computer is going to do word processing and internet, but yeah. as soon as that kid comes home and installs a game or something, it's going to struggle, it's going to be a hard plus, slog. Plus they're, they're, they're expected to use this computer for like up to four or five years as well. Yeah. So longevity on a, a $500 computer you're going to wonder in three years' time how well this is going to be running. You spend eight hundred. Here's here's, and this may be a little bit, um, you know, wrong class talking, but I think if I spent eight hundred, I'd want it to last two years guaranteed, yeah, and I'd sure. want to try and get a third year out of it. Yeah. Uh, you spend five hundred. Absolutely, should get a full year, and you're probably going to get into the second year. But your your kid's going to have demands, and here's the challenge with technology: we all know demands change. Yeah. Software changes. Everything changes. That kid decides they want to be in design. You've got to install Photoshop. They ain't going to work on a $500 computer. Yeah. So there is a bit of forethought required, and it's a challenge yeah. for parents. I don't envy them at all, yeah. um, but this is all going to, this is all ahead of me in terms of high school and kids. Absolutely. But when does, when does Jackson start high school? Uh, he's in year five this year, so oh, another, so another two years. But again, he'll be yeah. fine. I've got enough laptops. But, right? yeah, but, no, but in two years' time, the laptops you've got now, are going to be yeah. – they may not be the right thing for him. Yeah. And, and I think that's the challenge too is trying to find the zone in terms of, you know, budget's one thing, finding the right price, but also trying to future-proof that purchase so yeah. that it lasts your, your son or daughter three, maybe hopefully four years' I, time. I would say to parents, while there's some great ways to buy computers right now, back to school is, is big in all the stores yeah. – um, actually start thinking about back to school with technology much earlier in the year because there's always deals on, like there's mid-year deals, there's mm. deals when Intel releases a new processor and an Intel Core i5 from last year is just as good as the one from this year and it will Absolutely. be in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but if you were to get an Intel Core i7 for, you know, 1200 in the middle of the year, that's a $2,000 computer that, you know, could, could last a lot longer. So yeah. Unfortunately, it's a bad time to be saying that, but you know, if you can project forward, if you've got kids going to year six now, start thinking about year Think about seven uh, earlier in the year. But, but the other thing about techies is not just laptops, right? Some schools are talking USB sticks. Yeah. Um, I did some Tablets. work. I did some work for Officeworks. They got like, I'll be honest, haven't bought a USB stick in ever because I've got a box full we get of things. Hundred of them a week. Yeah. But Officeworks have got like three USB sticks, sixteen gig for fifteen bucks. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh my god, memory is so cheap. It is, yeah. And, but the 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 thing too to remember is that yeah, you're right. The, you got the USB sticks, all these peripheral products too. But tablets are a big thing too. We should mention that that tablets, especially for like primary school students yeah. now. There's the advantage of having a tablet is that okay, it's it makes learning fun. Another advantage is that you can now get all your textbooks on the tablet yeah. rather than like one issue, mate, with with especially when kids start high school, the weight of their bag with all the textbooks they've got to take to school, that's an issue. And like, you know, they're they're still growing and, and developing their bodies. That they get a heavy backpack, that could affect the way that they their bodies develop. Yeah, so having having those those textbooks on the device. That's a big tick in my book. Mm. But the, the downside of that is it will finding the right technology, paying for that technology. So the back to school isn't just limited to uniforms and, and, and buying a hat yeah. for, the, for the playground. Now you've got to spend big money on tablets and laptops. We will um, we'll love to hear from you too on the on the Twitter. Uh, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag, at Stephen Fennick with a PH and at Trevor Long. Be keen to know what um, what's out there for your – what's what was on your school list? What are the uh, what are the schools demanding of you in terms of uh, purchases? What would you like us to recommend? Well, yes, if you need help, obviously we, we both operate uh, lots of help and assistance for you uh, on our own podcasts and uh, if you need advice on those things, happy to do that. Also keen to know just what was on those school lists. I'd love to see some yeah. photos of the school list because Absolutely. it's hard, hard to know what's out there. But another thing too before we finish this subject, I think another thing too, I'm surprised that some companies aren't more proactive in doing deals with schools. I know Apple's yeah. very big in the in the educational space and I know there was some government uh, funding and government rebates and stuff for the for, for students back in the day, yeah. but I'm surprised that that companies aren't more proactive in just their salespeople yeah, turning up at school saying, "Look, you, you got here's a hundred yeah, students. Yeah. We'll do a deal for you." Like that's what really surprised. Like in in the research and the help I've done to get my niece this this laptop, I'm surprised that the the laptop that that were they were asked to supply, they were asked to buy. Wasn't they? They didn't just call HP, the the company that they wanted, and say, "Look, we've got three hundred students here. What can you do for us?" Yeah, the, that that to me, I think I'm, I'm not one hundred percent sure that the, that hasn't happened. But surely there's an opportunity here yeah. for both the the either the, the vendors or the retailers and the the vendor to, to do a deal with the school. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, two blokes talking tech episode two hundred eighty three. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Now, I got this one from Google on, on Friday, and to be honest, I thought it was awesome. Um, the uh, the app is called Toontastic 3D. I'll open it here quickly for you, Stephen. But it's free free to download, Toontastic as in so it works cartoons. On works on iPhone, yeah, iPad, yeah. Android yeah. Uh, phones, and, um, yeah. and tablets. But it's about creative. Now, we're talking about back to school. If your kids have still got a week or so of school left, this is awesome, right? So you go so into – This is free, you said. Free app, free app. You go into the app and you go, right, I want to make – a story. And so you say, I want to make a short story. It's going to be a three-part story, but it doesn't even need to be three parts. I've done one that was just 30 seconds long. Um, you say, I want to make the beginning of the story. And then you choose a scene. Now, the scene could be one of their pre-programmed ones, or you can draw it yourself, but you would use one of their pre-programmed scenes, right? So Explorers. I'm going to go with Explorers, right? So wow. it's a really cool Looks 3D like animated it. thing. Yeah. And then you pick a couple of characters, right? So you pick characters. Um, you can customize the characters if you want. But once yeah. the characters have been picked... They're part of your movie. And then what you do is you record your movie. Now, you could do this with a mate, but you go into the into the record setting, if I could get there, and you basically hit start. And then what happens is you move the characters with your finger and you talk. 
right? So this little, we're doing it now live. I can move this bird around and go, oh, hi there, how are you? And, you know, move this guy around and go, get out of here, you bird, get out of here. And then off it goes or whatever. Right? You hit stop and then it's a movie, right? <laughs> oh, anyway, you can't hear it. But that's a movie now, right? And look at it. It's fully animated, right? And they can then export this to YouTube. They can put it on Facebook. And I've just made a 20-second thing there, right? But kids could make whole stories. I don't know about your kids when they were younger, but my son loves making cartoon books. He draws little comic strips and stuff. And I can imagine my son and his mate sitting there, one controlling one with a finger and one with the other, and just moving those little characters around, making silly noises. And whether you're expressive with your drawing, you could draw your whole scene or draw your characters. You can take a photo of your face and make it the character in the game. You can can export it as a movie, save it on your camera roll, and then export it to YouTube and Facebook. And it's all bloody free. When when I was young, when you were young too, we'd we'd just watch the cartoons that were given to us. Now you can make your own. (laughs) We'd just watch the Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny, and now you can make your own. Yeah, Roadrunner. Always got away, yeah. um, but I love it because you could be creative with your voice. So one kid might not be very imaginative, yeah. but he can do funny voices. Another can move the stuff around. If you love drawing, you can draw it all. I just reckon, and look, I can't speak to Google's motivation, but I think there's obviously a smart move there because teachers would love this. Yes, teachers would love this because they in drama in where whatever class get them to. I don't know, but I see my son doing presentations and trying to come up yeah. with stories. Yeah. Well, bingo! Now we can make a three D wow. animated story. That's a powerful tool, and just enabling like that's the whole idea of technology, isn't it? To enable people to do things, and yeah. this is a great example of a, a child being able to express uh, their imagination and create this. Um, the, the result you get is just such a professional looking production. Yeah. That's amazing. It's very very cool. Well, and to be honest, it's great for kids, but. Parents, check it out. It's great fun. Fantastic. Toontastic. We should we'll do a two blokes. We, we should record should. a two blokes oh, Toontastic we'll. later we and we'll make a stupid yes. scene. Anyway, yes. that may that may people or may not make the light of day. People say that our podcast is a stupid scene, but anyway, we'll make another <laughs> one. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we live in a world where our connected devices have become an indispensable tool in our lives. Introducing the Netgear Nighthawk X10 Smart Wi-Fi Router. We saw this at CES. Built using the latest in Wi-Fi technology, the X10 allows users to get faster Wi-Fi speeds on multiple devices simultaneously and is the perfect for 4K streaming, VR and super fast data transfers. The X10 features the latest uh, 802.11ac and AD network technology, allowing for users to wirelessly transfer data at 4.6 gigabits per second or gigabytes per second. Uh, This means your 4K video will take seconds, not minutes, to transfer. The Nighthawk X10 Wi-Fi router is also built to meet the needs of today's connected home. For the connected deadbolts, smart lights, or Arlo Wi-Fi cameras, the four powered active antennas reduce interference and intelligently direct Wi-Fi across large distances. The Nighthawk X10 is also the first router with a Plex media server built in. Plex organizes all of your video, music, and photo collections and gives you instant access to your content using an always on router wirelessly stream 4k video to any device jitter free for the ultimate family movie night the netgear nighthawk x10 smart router contains a quad core processor for unparalleled speed and power to keep up with your fast-paced lifestyle for more information visit netgear.com.au the nighthawk x10 the world's fastest wi-fi router
Uh, late last year, Huawei announced the Mate 9 phone globally, but they um, were a bit coy on Australian availability, and we knew it was going to come early in the year, but we didn't quite know when. And this is the phone that had billboards up at CES. It was a yeah. flagship phone for them. I had a good look at it at CES. Great, great, great looking phone. Big screen, so not my preference. 5.9 inches. You can't too much for you to handle, is it, Trevor? Yeah, way too much for me to handle. I'm a, more of a P9 size, man. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Mate 9, though, Basically is, um, if you were to look at the P9 and the Mate 9, if they came out at the same time, you would say it's you know iPhone 7 and 7 Plus yeah. competitors, right? Yeah. The P9, I think it's good if they keep the strategy of the mid-year and, and start yeah. a year cycle up. Yeah. But the Mate 9 has a second generation of the Leica dual lens camera, yeah. has an unbelievable battery, 4,000 milliamp hours, has a user interface that learns from you apparently, and it has um, a really fast processor. Coming to Australia, nine ninety nine February the seventh. I don't think that's bad pricing. Yeah, uh, for what you're getting, and this is five point nine inch screen, so it's a phablet class product. Mm. You're getting this remarkable camera. So Leica, I think it's got twelve megapixel sensor and a twenty megapixel monochrome sensor, and that combined to create some pretty interesting pictures. Uh, the 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 operating system, I think, is, and I think HTC introduced something too, the U Ultra as well. I think that's the, the, the trend for this year you're going to see is that smartphones have become your best mate, that, that get to know your habits, that get to know what you do and can suggest things when you need it. So yeah. that, that, that's going to be a big part of it there. Uh, Which is a bit of a trend now, isn't it? We had HTC announce that with their new yes, phone too. That's right. You know, looking at this kind of learning about you. I don't it's, really it's know what like it means. A, it's going to be like your butler. It's going to be like your, the butler in your pocket uh, telling you, oh, look, you know, this is what you normally do today. Should I go ahead and do that? Or, you know, what... Uh, Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it'll come in handy, I think, as a... You know, I think the good example was the in the HTC uh, release was the fact that if it knows you like a certain type of food, for example, and you're somewhere new, it'll maybe suggest that type of restaurant if you're somewhere when you arrive at a certain destination. Those little suggestions can only just help help make your life just that little bit easier if there is there's someone else that's also – if there's something else thinking uh, for you as well. But uh, with the Huawei, I think they've come a long way from being this – brand that was offering value at a competitive price but now they've made a bit of a statement I think with the with the mate 9 uh, and, and on the back of the success of their previous models 999 that puts it in iPhone territory and Samsung territory true but, pixel territory but let's be clear here right and I was gonna go hard on the price but then I went it's two hundred dollars more than the p9 p9 was a great price we both agreed yeah. awesome price the mate 9 is two hundred dollars more the iPhone 7 Plus is $150 more than the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So actually, to compare it to the iPhone 7 Plus and the Samsung Note, which doesn't exist, yep. um, you are, it, it is, is still 200 maybe $300 yeah. cheaper. Yeah, it is. And, and I think uh, the P9 is actually, the price has been lowered on the P9 as well. Yeah. There, there is a special happening now. But it, I think it, it is... Uh, if, if you want that larger screen, I think the, the 5.9-inch screen puts it above the, the iPhone 7 Plus, mm. above anything else that Samsung has, uh, and but yet still offers the – like oh, we, we've both saw it at CES. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel too big in your hand. It might be still too big for your hand, Trev, but it's still very well made where the bezel's Imagine people really tuning thin. in for the first time to episode 283. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, geez, they're hard on each other, aren't they? They are. We've been at this for a few years. Yes, we have. <laughs> 
But uh, no, I, I, uh, I had a good look at this at CES, and you can see that that lovely hand model in those photos is actually my hand holding it. Uh, but I wasn't going to say lovely, but yeah. The dual lens camera, I think, is going to – that was really popular part of the P9, and they've carried that on as it's become kind of the, the Huawei trademark now in their premium phones. I think people who haven't seen that before maybe will, will be pleasantly surprised at the quality of images you can get. Mate, that Leica camera, I now want to test it again because it's a second yeah. generation, right? Yeah. So how have they improved it? I think they've added a bit of that depth of field concept. Well, that, they had that, that before Apple had. did. Remember yeah, like but the, it wasn't the quite. P9. Well, they had, they did have the background blue and the front blue. Yeah. They had it first, didn't they? Okay, no, I'll give them yeah, that, but I, I'll be interested to see how they've advanced it because, you know, you can't sit still in this world. Totally. And the P9, I still think, outstanding device. Yeah. Mate, no, I, I don't think I don't think that those top-end phones – you cannot have, there will not be a device with just one lens of a camera. It'll be, all those top-end devices will all be dual-lens cameras. You think the Samsung Galaxy S8 will be dual-lens? Absolutely. And USB-C, all that, I think to compete now at that level, you need more than just a single-lens camera. Okay. You heard it here first. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we know what a what a big fitness fanatic you are. I thought you'd be interested in this one, Trevor. I'm, I'm rocking the gadgets. I've got six fitness gadgets on right now. I'm uh, des- <laughs> desperate to get out of here because I need to go for a run. Really? Six gadgets? Really? You're hiding them well. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. There's a lot of wearables yeah. that I can't see here at the moment. Oh, consumables. <laughs> well, Fitbit has announced a new... It's always awkward when I talk to PR people. Someone said to me this morning, she said, oh, we've got this thing. And I went, listen, do I look like someone who trains? <laughs> well... Anyway, for, for, for I still think this is a good story because there's you know I'm not saying it's not a good story. No, I'm no, just no. saying Trev's not going to cover it. But no, but even like this is the, what I like about this is that Fitbit, which we we know very well, they make wearables. They've got a companion app that basically just counts your steps and just is is basically a way for you to measure what you're doing. Mm. What they've done now is come up with this new FitStar app that rather than just measures what you do, can now tell you what to do, can, can tailor these personal, these personal programs based on what you gather with the Fitbit. So it can take, it can do something now with that information. Mm. And if you look, we're in January now. A very popular New Year's resolution is to get into shape or reach some kind of fitness goal. Almost to put weight on. There you have it, Will. Smashing that goal. Congratulations, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the rib joint in Vegas, that, that really helped us. The, uh, but um, I, I think this this is a, a new direction for Fitbit to to differentiate themselves in the, in a world where wearables are everywhere. I think, mate, I think they had to be here because here's the yeah. thing, right? I mean, bloody Adidas, uh, Garmin, people have had these coaching-style apps yeah. and concepts for a while. And I think Fitbit have hit a bit of a wall where – People are wearing Fitbits and then they're not using it for any purpose, right? They're just basically aware of information. That's it. And I think people are going, well, what the hell am I wearing it for if it's not offering me anything? Yeah. So they've, they've gone, how do we how do we intelligently start offering people uh, a next level stuff? I always think Garmin, and yes, they sponsor my other podcast, but I think they're ahead of the pack because they've always had that motivational goal thing. You don't set a 10,000 step goal. It sets the goal for you to always push you harder. Um, Intel have got that real sense thing with the glasses, the yeah, radar the Oakley, pace, yeah, yeah. which does a similar thing to this. You know, so I want to run a marathon, it'll work you towards that over a year. Yeah. So I think people setting a goal and then being guided towards it 
in a, in a way other than just in steps Absolutely. is a space they had it, to be in. It's the next level of the of what we're going to see with wearables. Just just simply telling you you've hit your ten thousand step marks is not good enough anymore. Yeah, I think no. we do. It's it's not because I hit that every day. It's what you do. It's what you do with that information. Hit that before now that breakfast, counts. there you go. Absolutely. But my should, wife does because she actually goes for a walk. Before we should uh, we should point out though that at the moment, like this is a premium service. So to to pay, you, you, it'll be twelve ninety nine a month or sixty two ninety nine for the year, which is still way cheaper than a gym membership. Yeah. But they are offering a free ninety day premium subscription, and you don't have to have a Fitbit. No, you don't. No, so you, you can you can still run the app, and it, it'll put you through a set of exercises and, and various things that how you want to tailor it. What whether you want to reach a fitness goal, lose weight, or whatever you want to do. They'll start bundling it. They'll start. You know, so. an incentive yeah. to buy a Fitbit is this fitness program yes. as well. So, well, you get a three month subscription right now. Uh, but I think that you, if if you're really serious about uh, having uh, reaching that fitness goal and using that wearable in such a way, like what I like about this is that. The Fitbit knows what you're doing. If if it knows you've been on a big run, the program it's, it's going to suggest for that day isn't running. It's going to be like upper body work. So it kind of knows, okay, well, you've gone on a big run already. Why don't we do this? Mm. That's the next level I think that, that people are going to enjoy and that variety and the results hopefully that come from it is what's going to sell a lot more Fitbits. Yeah. No, good stuff. I look forward to losing weight. <laughs> Not with that or any other way. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Still haven't had a Coke for eight weeks or since. Is that right? Start of December. Really? Yeah. Good for you. Is this, not even, I don't even need it. Is this it still anymore. part of the show or is this just chit chat uh, between the stings? I don't know. Should we keep that in? No. I think we should keep it in. No. How, is that right? You haven't had a Coke? Haven't had a Coca Cola. So what's your drink and, of choice and now? Water. Right. I've got nothing else. Have you? Have you? And have you found a, a, a change or a, no. A, no difference? No, not I'm feeling mean, better. No, no, you know what? I don't have headaches as much anymore. I think I do feel better. And you know what? I got through CES without without a coke. That's massive, you know, because how hard that is. Anyway, two blocks talking to. Um, (laughs) So this was cool. Very quick thing before we do your minute reviews. I like this because I like the way Google try to uh, create different things with the existing products like Maps. Now Google Maps, you got Street View. You you go to the the map and you go little yellow man standing on the street. You can see what's around. And you got those arrows where you can go up and down the street to kind of walk along. Well, in a few places you can now go indoor buildings. You can do a few cool things. The in Tasman in uh, New Zealand they've got a thing in the Able. Tasman something or other skydiving center. You can go. You can Google that joint. Go to the go to the street view, and actually, you can stand out on the runway. You can stand out on the grass, you know, mm. landing area and everything. And you can look around. And you can see people getting ready to skydive. You're looking around. You know, you look around the 360, yeah. and then you click closer to the plane. You get closer to the plane. Click on the plane, and you're up in the you're air in the at, at like ten thousand feet. Wow! So the street view kind of journey is like a click after a click after a click, yep. and you skydive. So wow. you're in the plane. The next click is out of the plane. So the next yeah. arrow is out of the plane. You click and you've jumped. And the next jump is you're getting closer and closer to the ground. So you're clicking closer to the ground. Yeah. Right. And every click you can still look around and see yeah, the well. environment around you. Um, so you're basically skydiving down. It's a very simple, and I don't know whether, I'm assuming the skydiving company didn't pay for it, but you can imagine companies wanting that service yeah. now as a part of their Google Map experience. But the other thing they did was, was recorded in 360 video as well. Yes. So you can go to YouTube and you can skydive 
and you can look around, do the whole thing. Well, that's one thing with with Google, and especially Google businesses. Like you know how well Google's become a directory now for businesses. Yeah. It's in. I do know for a fact that if your information, your videos, and everything's up to date, three sixty video on your your listing, for example, will give you a higher ranking. Mm. So it is. I do know that that if you do take that kind of care, and you know, not not. I don't mean skydiving features, but if you do take that kind of care on your Google listing, three sixty videos updated content, you are going to rank higher than other companies. So this is a great example. I think it's very cool, and let me be very clear, it's the closest I'm ever going to get to Skydive. You're not scared of heights, are you, Trev? You scared of heights? Mate, you've seen me on planes. I have, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you were... <laughs> I do remember that. I think what what was it? We were Navman. on a, Navman. I think we were doing um, aerial seaplane. We went and looked over all the new developments so they could show how much the world changes and why yeah. mapping is important. And then he and then we, the the pilot decided they're going he's going to zigzag down the Parramatta River or something. Yeah, cheers for that. And then I'm thinking, woo, and then I look back at you and you're sort of there's like pale pale as a sheet and just sort of saying, <laughs> saying trying to hang on for dear life. Yeah. I, I turned around and say, yeah, good this. He went, just shut up. Leave yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so no, I'm not going to skydive. You skydived? I haven't. No, I, I, I haven't. But I haven't ruled it out either. Wow! Yeah. Breaking news. Have not ruled it out. Yeah. I, like I I'll tell you, I haven't I'll, done it yet. I'll make this promise to you, Stephen. Yeah. If you decide to skydive, I'll be right there with you, <laughs> pushing you out of the plane. There you go. Right. I'm, I'm, and then I'll land with the bloody pilot. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. All right, let's get back into the reviews, which uh, I think throughout 2017 will be a mix of Stephen Fennick minute reviews and Trevor Long minute reviews because, you know, I'm kind of up my game. You're going to have to do some reviews then, aren't you? I do a lot of reviews. Okay. Have you not been to EFTM.com.au? I have, yeah. There's uh, there's plenty of reviews there. Not all all of them have your name on them, though. Oh, now, now. (laughs) I I try. Anyway, we're going to kick it off with a very nice set of uh, sport earphones. Yeah, these are the Bose Sound Sport Pulse. Now, Right off the bat, we should state that these were announced some months ago, and there was an issue that Bose decided to address. There were some customers saying that the sweat-proof, waterproof capabilities weren't quite living up to the promise. What Bose decided to do uh, in some markets, Australia included, was to take them all back look at them all again, make sure they were up to their standard and then re-release them. That's why people may have saw them in display cases but not actually in stock. They are available. There's two versions, the Sound Sport and the Sound Sport Pulse, which is what I've reviewed here. Now, these are wireless earphones. They have... They, they do they, they do have the traditional Bose comfortable fit. They are a little large. They, they, they extend about a centimetre out of your ear, yet they're still balanced and comfortable. That's what I found. I'm thinking, geez, these are going to fall out. But to be but clear, that's because they're wireless. That's right. They're all, all, all the brains and all the circuitry is in the earpieces now, and they are surprisingly balanced. I, 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 I trained in them. I ran in them. went to the gym in them, and they did not fall out at all. They were really stable, really balanced, and, of course, audio quality was fantastic, as you'd expect from a Bose product, and could stand up to the sweat, the waterproof. I had no issue with that. The controls are also good. In the right-hand side, you've got your inline remote, and you've got micro USB charging. The right earpiece has the on-off button. Uh, but bottom line, great audio quality, wireless connectivity, and they are stable. So they're, they're not going to fall out. They're going to be – they're right there. The heart, the heart rate monitor, the pulse – is it, it basically just shows you your heart rate 
within the Bose app. You can't do much with it, but the good news is it does work with third-party apps. So if you're using Strava, RunKeeper, MapMyRun, you can actually work your heart rate into those apps okay. using the Bose uh, SoundSport Pulse as well. Uh, these are three hundred, sorry, two hundred and ninety-nine bucks, which to some may appear expensive, but you know what? They're in the ballpark of other lesser known and frankly inferior products so i think that's pretty good value for what you're getting 299 the bose sound sport pulse details techguide.com.au And for those looking to ensure their backups are safe and sound, uh, something new from Seagate. Yeah, this is the Backup Plus Hub. I think storage is essential for people in this age we live in. If you've got a computer and now even a mobile device, you need to back up that content. So what I like about the Backup Plus Hub is it works with Macs and PCs. There is even a way for it to be interchangeable between those two computers and still work without reformatting. There's two USB ports on the front that can be used as charging ports as well as uh, connectivity ports if you want to uh, do some backups. So really easy to connect to the computer for your backups if you're a Mac user that works well with Time Machine. But the good thing too is you can back up your mobile devices as well. You can wirelessly back up to uh, the hub that's connected to a computer on the same network as your smartphone or tablet. You can also do a cloud backup. So through the hub, you can also back up your phone, tablet to the cloud as well. And the other thing you can do is also back up your social media content. So if you've got all your photos up on Facebook, you can actually back them all up on the drive as well. What about all my awesome tweets? All those tweets, well, the, the content with them. I think the, the, the photos what, aren't that great. No, no, the, the, the witty can, comments are amazing. No, no, I think Twitter, I don't think you can with Twitter, but if you're Facebook and Flickr, you can uh, back up all of the content on those. But you think about the amount of content that we do share on those particular services, it's good to know that you've got to back up yourself. And, of course, Facebook will have a backup forever and a day as well. Tell them the price, son. It's, uh, there's, two, there's two versions available. There's the 4 terabyte, 229, and 8 terabyte is Four nineteen. Check it out, techguide.com.au. That's a wrap. 283 is in the can. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear and their X10 uh, superior Wi-Fi router. We'll be back again next week, Stephen, with a little more tech news. You can follow us both on Twitter, at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick. Ziggy Zaggy's the hashtag for any thoughts or uh, feedback on the topics or the show. We'll talk to you again next week. Yes, you will. Talk to you then.